Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. This week on Conversations on Dance, we are happy to bring you a chat with our friend Damien Johnson. The topic of today's conversation was suggested by one of our listeners who is looking for us to delve into male-specific training and some of the issues that arise that are different from females in the field. Damien is a permanent guest faculty member at the School of American Ballet and a sought-after teacher who is certified in the American Ballet Theater National Training Curriculum. It was just announced that Damien will be stepping into the role of upper division head at the Washington School of Ballet after his recent time as a faculty member at the Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet. Damien is the perfect person to chat with about this topic as he shares advice for young male dancers navigating an aspiring career in ballet. Special thanks to Brett Elizabeth Garner for the topic suggestion today. As a parent of a male dancer who is now part of a second company, Brett has founded the Ballet Help Desk to help other parents support their dancers as they navigate the serious ballet training path. The Ballet Help Desk provides an extensive digital library featuring a collection of articles and videos. Users can explore various topics ranging from the path to becoming a professional dancer to how to choose a ballet residential program to how ballet competitions fit into the mix. Be sure to check them out at ballethelpdesk.com or click the link in the show notes. Now let's get to our chat with Damien. Damien, welcome back to Conversations on Dance. We've missed you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's always such a treat to get to spend time with the both of you. It's so good to see you. We haven't talked to you on the podcast for a few years now, I realize. I think it was 2020. So we've got some catching up to do. I don't don't quite recall. I mean, everything is a blur from that year. Where were you at that point? Had you, were you already on permanent guest faculty at SAB? Had you taught at CPYB? Like, what was your life at that moment? At that, I was definitely still at um, the Washington School of Ballet. And I think that mm-hmm. that, I know, it's, it's such a blur. I think shortly after that was my first summer. Um, right after the pandemic, after SAB went back from Zoom, was the first time that I taught there, as well as the first time that I came to CPYB. 
So things went moving. Yeah. I mean, but that's like two highly prestigious institutions. SCB in particular must have felt, I mean, like a beautiful homecoming. You know, we went to SAB together and we love that institution. Like, like how did that feel for you? Like when they first asked you to start teaching there? Uh, I was really excited. Of course, I had to get over the nervous jitters, but I just <laughs> mm-hmm. also took it back to remembering being a student there and, mm-hmm. you know, how special it was and the things that I've learned that I just wanted to bring back um, to my mm-hmm. adult self and not being, you know, that insecure dancer, mm-hmm. young kid anymore. Uh, <laughs> right. That's so true. So how often were you teaching there then? Because you were on guest faculty, is that right? Yes, yes. I still am currently on guest faculty. So I go there usually for a week um, during the summer program. And then I pop in during the year when I can. I was lucky enough to do, um, I was a a fellow as well. And I got to, you know, study with Katrina Killian a lot and spend a lot of time uh, shadowing her. And I mean, she knows what she's doing. And so just having that, that, you know, passed on has been really, really special. You know, we talk about like passing on like choreography, I guess that's sometimes just because when we're talking with choreographers or dancers, that's a lot of our focus. But like the way that teaching is passed down is just so essential and important from person to person, huh? Mm -hmm. It's true. And I feel as, as also as we grow and you know, the so many things have changed the way you approach teaching and things that used to might have gotten away with in the past just aren't a thing any longer. Um, so just also bringing like care to the students right. has been really, you know, re- really important to me. Mm. Yeah. I mean, bringing like a 21st century sensibility to the training that we loved and like the the way of dancing that we loved, you know, that's totally, totally. Well, yeah, that's the goal. I mean, but I think Rebecca, I was just thinking like very specifically, like Katrina, for instance, um, you know, she takes directly from the original like Russian playbook of like the early Russian teachers. That so when they teach the babies, they do Madame Dudin's training, like what what the very first days. I mean, not the first days, but fairly soon. I mean, when we when we were at SAB, Madame Dudin and Madame Tumkovsky were still there teaching. And I mean, Tumkovsky lived to be nearly 100, maybe exactly 100. Mm-hmm. So these were women that have been so. at the organization for a long time. There's this gorgeous port bras that they, Katrina teaches the little baby. And I mean, it's just watching them all do it. It gives me goosebumps. But it, it, it's Madame Dudin. You know, she right. is one of the first things that she brought. And it, it's really special to keep that, that lineage going, definitely. Wow, that's so cool. And so how often are you doing these like shadowing experiences? I haven't been there. Um, I'm allowed to pop in as often as I can. Things nice. have gotten a little busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. when classes were on Zoom, I was allowed to just log in and watch, which was really cool. And getting to watch Cheryl Ware. And I mean, mm-hmm. it was just like fantastic. So I try to go there as often as I can. But things have gotten a little bit busy. (laughs) I'm so jealous. That's such a, I mean, when I pull from these teachers, like I give a Cheryl Ware combination, but it's like, you know, it's from a class that I watched in 2004. (laughs) (laughs) It's really hard to pull back from that long ago, but that's great. You're still so 
Yeah. So you have some exciting news, another kind of full circle moment for you. Tell us about um, this news that just came out this week about your next step as a teacher uh, and director, leader. Ah, I'm so excited. I'm the new um, head of the upper division at the Washington School of Ballet. And it is a full circle moment. And, you know, it's just for to be invited back is just so special. And, you know, I've gone to chat with Julie Ken about it before she goes to Houston and VMR Reyes um, and Renat and the Christy Wyndham, who I'm replacing, they've just been all so supportive. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm just so full of gratitude. I'm so thankful that they're trusting me and, you know, it is definitely full circle. It's like, here we go. Mm. So you, once you left there, you went to, you know, started working at SAB from whenever you can, and then also being at CPYB. I wonder how your teaching has evolved and how you can now bring that back to kind of like your home team, your home school. Definitely. I mean, the syllabus at CPYB, I cannot say a single bad thing about it. It has <laughs> just been eye-opening. And also, um, I started dancing later, so I had to play catch-up. You know, you just mm -hmm. kind of get thrown into the dance situation as sometimes as a guy. So, I mean, I think I mentioned this to you guys the last time we spoke. I didn't know that you'd start facing the bar. <laughs> thought you went straight away to it, <laughs> you know? Right. So, so just like, you know, because I was wearing soccer shorts at 13 when I started. So just getting those basics um, from CPYB has been really special. And also the progression. When you introduce the next steps and how you proceed uh, has been, I mean, it's been so eye-opening. Mm. Yeah. So tell us about this new job a little bit more. Um, like maybe you could give us an idea of what you think the institution right now has like really solidly in place and like what what are some other ideas or, or goals that you have to implement um, in your new position? Well, you know, um, it's kind of like one of those things I keep thinking about. I don't, you know, when the organization has been going for so long, you don't want to go in and reinvent the wheel um, right. because it's clearly running and it's been successful. But, uh, you know, I would definitely like to implement some of, you know, what I've learned um, while being away from there in the past two years. Um, and I want to open it up to people of, you know, our generation. I feel like our generation is going through this change of um, people starting to take over leadership positions. And I want to share that with the organization because, you know, as you guys know, we know some great people. So I definitely want yeah. to bring that into um, the organization. But um, yeah. I like that. I mean, it's, it is true. Like we we're starting to see that, but that it, it also feel like feels a little bit like it's hard to get to that point. Right. Cause right. like still our generation's like, seen as a hair young to be going into right. those roles, but really not, you know, we've been out of dancing for years now. Like <laughs> when, can we, when can we start taking over things, you know, <laughs> years. It's also the um, one thing that I've had to, you know, like there's been a lot, I've been nervous and it's all happening very quickly, but it's also, we have to trust the process, trust 
the work and the years of put that we put into mm-hmm. ballet. Um, right. That's so exciting. How did the opportunity come about? How did they approach you? Or did you know it was up and you were like, hey, well, guys, remember me? <laughs> I, I did not know that it was up. I um, spoke with Julie and they were doing a balancing program. And uh, she asked me if I would, I, she knew that I was coming to see the show. And then she asked if I would teach the company oh, nice. at the Kennedy Center. And I mean, they were fantastic. And shortly after that, things kind of started moving. And I mm-hmm. went back again. Um, I was invited to teach the professional training program um, during Sleeping Beauty just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I, um, I still wasn't sure if I was ready to leave CPYB because I feel like there's still so much more to learn always everywhere. Um, but, you know, once this opportunity presented, presented itself, it's kind of something you just can't pass up. Oh, yeah. Right. I get it. Yeah. Yay. So, Damien, we wanted to have you on because we had an interesting request from one of our listeners um, to, as, as the parent of uh, a young dancing boy, um, this parent was wanting to hear more about male specific training because we've done lots of episodes about like what summer program is going to be good mm-hmm. for you. Or, but um, there are just very specific needs and differences for young boys. So we wanted to just do an episode kind of centered on that idea. And we yeah. thought, who better than to <laughs> join us for this conversation than you? So, I mean, let's just start like at the the very beginning. Let's say you're a boy that's like, you know, 10 years old. Um, is there a lot like what goes into the early thoughts of your training? Like how serious does one need to a parent need to be at that given moment? Is it fine to just be at your well, I don't want to say Dolly Dinkle, your local studio and you know, <laughs> you're the only boy? Like what, what's the, what's this, how do how do we start out? What are some ideas for that moment? Well, I think it's it's difficult for when the parents realize, oh my gosh, my boy is really serious about this. Mm-hmm. When they can mm-hmm. tell that they have a passion, um, I think that the parents being super supportive of of the child and trusting this journey that's about to happen, um, and allowing the child to be open to what is about to happen to them, and rather than like kind of re- pulling them back, letting them fully embrace it. I mean, it, it takes a village, but as long as the parents are on board and Mm -hmm. trusting and willing um, to accept this passion that their child might have Mm -hmm. and also stretch their little tootsies because we don't all have Michael Breeden's feet (laughs) 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 and the hamstrings. And That's so good. okay. So first thing, support stretch your child, but also stretch their feet and their hamstrings. Okay, we got <laughs> it. And then you know, after that, we kind of need to start talking about um, some conditioning, strength training, push-ups, planks, abs, you know, Pilates, mm-hmm. just simple things to get them ready for lifting. You know, one of my mm-hmm. first injuries was a stress fracture in my back. Because again, I started Mm -hmm. late and then you start lifting girls and you're doing this Mm -hmm. and you know, like, um, Mm -hmm. I think that just those simple introducing those things early as well is really important. Um, Mm -hmm. This is just making me think, and this can go for any 
child that's interested in dancing. I was just speaking Mm -hmm. with a mom recently that lives near me and she was asking like, oh, she'd asked me before, where should I put my daughter? She's three years old. Where should she go to dance? Like asking my advice. And I said, you know, I don't think it really matters. Like right now, choose a place that's like close to you. You know, we have Mm -hmm. one place that's very close or a school that I would recommend that's much further away. So I, I guess like my thought would be, when you are dealing with someone who's kind of starting a little bit later, would you Mm -hmm. still kind of give that sort of advice? And would you say, start with ballet or would you say, start with jazz? Like what, you you know, like when you're trying to pick the initial step to just dip the toe in, what are we thinking Mm -hmm. there? I think, you know, it's been, it was helpful to me that I started with jazz. I was very resistant to ballet just Mm because it gives you movement quality. It gives you musicality it gives you a little bit of freedom and then you can kind of hone it into ballet because I think ballet also requires um, like a mint. The child has to be really ready for it to, mm-hmm. to, cause it's so detailed, so intricate. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we know so many kids that started as jazzerinas that are fantastic ballerinas and dance really? male dancers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So I think that it does something helping getting that that movement quality if that's what right. they want to do. And it might be a little bit right. easier of an entry point, maybe for a boy, yeah. You, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was yeah. so I mean, resistant all, to ballet. I bet. Yeah, these are all good points because I'm thinking because I started youngish. I mean, I started seven. I mean, I know some girls mm-hmm. start when they're three, but seven is young for a boy. For a boy, yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I haven't even Definitely. really considered these like. Like it's still many, many boys start quite late. So you're Mm -hmm. like, maybe jazz is an entry point. And like, you're thinking we're starting conditioning stuff right away. Right. You got to do that. You got to do that push up. You got to do that crunch and applying. Totally. You got to figure it out fast. But what about, what about a boy that does start younger? Like when would you start to think of those conditioning things as being an integral part of their ballet training? I think as soon as those kind of growing pains start, you know, when you can mm-hmm. tell that they're they're growing and their body is changing and that's when, you know, get a little wonky or I think mm-hmm. that's kind of when even like our, our boys at CPYB, when I've heard them talking about their growing pains and their knees and mm-hmm. I think kind of that just to compensate that pain. Oh, that um, helps. Yeah. I'm just... Yeah. I'm laughing in my head because I don't think I had growing pain. I'm so sure. <laughs> yes, you did. Oh <laughs> like, I really have no memory well, of it. I don't think I ever, ever was like, oh, wow, growth spurt. I think it was just like, slow and steady wins the race until you're down at 5 <laughs> But I was, I mean, when I started dancing, it was the summer before my eighth grade year, and I wore huskies, like husky pants. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I just like, stretched out and my parents were like who is this child and it just happened (laughs) so so fast that's such good advice i remember i remember a girl and when when i was like when i was younger that had a crazy growth spurt and she got really tall and then she just couldn't dance anymore because she was just like i don't know what to do with my extra foot of length everywhere (laughs) and and then she became like really weak so that's really a great thing that we can all do across the board probably right is to work totally. on that strength during that time and, and yeah. also just doming with the fair band when that stuff starts happening that's what what i've been trying to um tell a lot of male dancers and dancers in general that that doming that it, it it's 
so important. You might mm-hmm. not realize it until a lot later, but it it really is. It, it helps so much. Foot exercises. Yeah. Maybe it would have totally. helped my um, arthritis if I had known that when I was younger. Wait, Maybe. in your toe. Yeah, my both my big toes are just like you should see them now. They're just like flat as a freaking pancake. Like they don't <laughs> they don't bend at all. It's you need like, yoga toes. I well, you get yeah, I got I bought yoga toes from like at your recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> they help. They do help. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, something else that I think is different from like your your trajectory how you're training, but it's still really important and unfortunately like it's just um, universal pretty much most boys when they get found out at school right in their about you know once they start their training it eventually word gets out and then they experience some level Mm -hmm. yeah academic school they experience some level of bullying so what how can parents kind of navigate that because that's going to be an inevitable part of a boy's training it definitely will. I, re- I remember that. I definitely remember that, that phase. I, again, I think that as long as the parents are supportive of their students, um, their children that it, and support their son and his goal. But then there's always that little shift of like, oh, he's cool. He spends the day with girls. He lifts <laughs> girls. You know, there's always this shift that happens. In the beginning, there's bullying. But then um, I think that you know, a lot of studios only have one boy, but if there mm-hmm. is a male teacher, you know, someone that they can just talk to about these things that's supportive and trusting, like a role model, you know, someone that they might see in themselves just to kind of have open conversations because it's like you said, it's inevitable. Every male dancer has gone through that phase. And I think just having someone to um, talk to about it and give give guidance. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. it's really and yeah i mean it's i guess this is snobby or elitist but <laughs> like i mean i remember when i when you move away from your bullies when you move to the school like there's just no better feeling sayonara guys I'm wait i was totally, i was just thinking totally. that <laughs> so true and every time i go back to dallas i'll run into people and they're like oh where do you live now and i remember going back and i lived in london they're like London, England. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I, I have a cool yeah. career. <laughs> you know, they're like, they're you good. dance there, um, but you know, just that trust and the, the belief in, in the journey because it's always going to happen to everyone, no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder too. So, so one thing that comes to mind is a lot of times, and I know Michael's mentioned this before too. At your initial school, you might be the only boy there mm-hmm. um, or one of very few, of course. So when, how do you kind of deal with that? And then when do you as a parent think like, okay, my son is really, really invested in this and maybe it's time for me to try to find, and that can be so hard, right? To find another school right. it could be really far away. It could be a lot of um, commuting or it could be just sending them away, away. When, when does mm-hmm. that kind of come into play? I think that, you know, when you, when you can really tell that they are are constantly like excelling or or even trying their hardest. And I think that the best way is to start with a summer program so they can meet other, 
male dancers that will be turn into being lifelong friends, Mm -hmm. you know, that are going through exactly the same thing. And it is, it is scary. I remember my mom was like, you're not going away. And I was like, well, uh, there were only two boys at my first dance school. And then the next, there were three in Dallas. And then, you know, it, Mm -hmm. it gets to that point where you could tell when your child is seeking out, seeking more, and you've got to kind of, yeah. Dip the toe in the water, maybe with the summer program or, you know, uh, another maybe slightly bigger dance school in your area. Mm-hmm. As well. Yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, summer program. I mean, I just, I remember being so blown away that there could be so many boys in a class when I first went I think I was 12 when I first went to CBYB and I was just like wait I have people that share my dreams that are like totally. me my first it's very my second year at SAB I think we had 41 boys in advance wow. and I was like wow. wait what you know it was like the biggest group ever mm-hmm. and it was just just being able to openly talk and stretch together and know that you're growing and going through changes and and secure um, Mm -hmm. your way from your family. I think just having that open dialogue, dialogue and conversations with either um, other students or teachers, I think is really important. For both of you, do you guys feel like when you had that aha moment of like, look at all these other boys that are like me that want the same thing as me, did that make you then be like, okay, I see a path forward for myself in this? Like, was that one of those aha moments for you that maybe then would make a student want to transfer to a more serious school because they're like, okay, I really want this now. I I think so, Michael. What do you think? I think there were also some insecurities because, you, you know, you're like the, the big fish. At your, yes, at I was going to say that. You know, so it, there you do go through those moments of having a bit of insecurity, um, but it that insecurity somehow pushes you mm-hmm. like yeah. when you're like, wow. And it is inevitable. You have to, you have to learn sooner or later. I mean, when I was 12, my first class at CPYB, I stood across from the bar at, um, from Tyler angle. And I was just like, well, I guess I'll die. I mean, I'll never be as good as this boy. <laughs> yeah. do, do you know, my first, my first one was Ben Griffith. And I looked across yeah. at Ben Griffith and Lucy in and Chris, I was like, what? you know but as the kids say these days the technique was techniquing it was 
(laughs) (laughs) And it's so funny, all the kids, because you see, I love when I have a group of boys as well. They all like snap for each other. It's like everyone's Mm -hmm. supporting each other. And one thing that, um, like Suzanne would tell us, you have to be your own cheerleader. And I tell the boys, you got to snap for yourself. You know, I see you doing it for everyone else, but give yourself a little snap as well. Mm -hmm. So sweet. I mean, I think I remember that too, you know, going to San Francisco Ballet for the first summer and being like, oh, wow, there are so many good people and they're coming from really, you know, big schools with this like good training, you know, and then that made me want to go away and like in the year and work hard to kind of like move, not feel as insecure the next summer. So I can absolutely see how you guys had a similar um, experience. And so then I wonder too about partnering. So you've already kind of brought up, you know, working on starting that um, strength training as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And then so I guess in some ways you get like, if you're the one boy at your school, you're getting a crash course. Cause you got a partner, like every single gal, totally. but that's Ball only if you're short. right. And that's, mm-hmm. that's good. Right. That's a good experience. But what if that's something that your school doesn't offer? And like, at what age should we be like, okay, we need to, as a parent, like my son needs to start doing this. Yeah. I say again, at the soon, like the sooner, the better, because it is just such a part of male dancing. Mm-hmm. And the sooner the better, the sooner you can get like get that feeling of pushing a girl forward and making her look her best and, mm-hmm. you know, not being shy or, you know, like as soon as you can get like the distance and how to put yeah. down properly, uh, like, because it is so much to learn and there's always going to be a girl that will let you have it that, you know, yeah. that, so the, the sooner the better and the more conscious you are of you oh, know like how to work. Um, um, you know, I, I, there's there was a dancer in my very first partnering class at cpyb who just she was 12 and a prodigy or maybe she was younger than me she might have been 10 or 11 but like prodigy you know cpyb for those who don't know famously you know always houses a large number of what they call barn babies kids that are I mean, is, is the barn still in use? It, it will. I, it's opening back up for the summer. When I first came here, I only taught at the barn. Um, we have mm-hmm. these renovations, so um, but it will be back open for the summer, and it's just so special. Mm. Right. I mean, the, the the barn is part of like CPYB lore. You know, Marcia Dale Weary. You know, she she came to start this school from scratch, from nothing. And so the, the classes originally were only in a barn. So these prodigies, they were called barn babies. So this dancer who you know was a barn baby. I'll tell you who it is later. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, she like gets put with me because we're both little. I was 12 and, you know, let's say she's 10 or 11. And she turns around and kind of glares at me and is like, are you good? I need to know if you're good before we do this. Oh, no. <laughs> that was your first I was class. Like, I was like, I think so. I don't know. Oh. I thought I was like, <laughs> I don't know about partnering, but <laughs> yeah. So you're right. A girl will come for you because they don't want to be dropped. Totally. Totally. And then also going back to the strength training, girls can tell. Do you remember that combination of SAV? You'd be in opposite corners and you'd like PK arabesque and run and yeah. And once girls realize that you have muscles and you can press them, they're like, can I go with you? Mm-hmm. I want to go with you. Yeah. Can, wait, can you do, press me, press me. You know, once they like, it's mm-hmm. kind of just, That's so true. <laughs> I 
So you can have an advantage if you start Damien's strength training early. You can be the one that gets picked. There you go. There you go. There you go. I love it. (laughs) That's true. But what about Um, for what what about just for regular uh, for other purposes, like male virtuosity? You know, ballet is just it's super gendered. So it's not even just a partnering thing, you know. Yeah, but it's true. I mean, we just do different steps. So what about that component of training? Like, how important is it to do to like, to be in a class where you get to do double tours with other young boys, that sort of thing? Yeah, I I think it is also because um, there's also a, I've found there was a fear of doing those steps, especially on stage and in tight. Mm-hmm. And so again, ju- you know, like looking at the lights in front of you, knowing that mm-hmm. you have to do a tour at the end of the ballet, like I think, again, the sooner the better to help get over that fear and just making it very comfortable. It's like part of your everyday. So I didn't do my first one for a long time and I was scared. Some of us never get over that fear. Some of us <laughs> never terrifying. get over it. It's terrifying. And then, right. you know, so, yeah. doing a menage with a double soda box. And I say the more that you just kind of constantly do those steps, the better. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think about this interview we did with Christine Shevchenko all, all the time because it just was so bonkers to me. I had just seen her Keytree debut. And, of course, Keytree famously finishes with 32 Fuentes. And... Um, you know, it's that's if I were doing my Keytree debut, I would just be like thinking about that the whole first three hours of the ballet. She just came out there and murdered the Fuetes, (laughs) like Fuetes found dead in a ditch. You know, she was (laughs) like, they were so good. And I asked her about it in the interview. She was like, well, that's just my, that's my, um, like safe place. Like I had a teacher that was so adamant about being able to do it at such a young age that now I have it like in my back pocket. I was more nervous about creating a character. I'm like, am I, am I a good actor? Right. Like, am I going right. to arc? And so I think you're totally right. Like I, I wish someone had bullied me into doing better double boys when I was like 10. <laughs> I think she, she, we went to the rock together, but I stayed at the rock for like best AD and she was 12. And I remember her doing what <laughs> like, And you know, and it's just the younger, the more like, and more uncomfortable that you get with it. So that you know that you it's all it's there, like you know at yeah. PYB they give this step bondu to the front and the center plie relevé they say bondu to and these kids they do it every day they promenade in second on they go every single day turn one whole mm-hmm. three whole four and then all of a sudden you see wow. them just do it and they, mm-hmm. they you know everyone's kind of upset about it in the beginning but you see like within a year they all just do it and i'm like it probably wow. doesn't hurt as bad when you start that young and then you can just do it except right for, you know like when your hips are giving out later in life and you're right right right. Yeah, right um this is making me think from a teacher perspective um as a someone who's taught you know in schools where often there's maybe just one or two boys you know, I would try to offer some men's steps at the end of class. How can a teacher support a one or two boy in their school situation in terms of like, and then I'm thinking too, like if the class I was, or if the school I was teaching at didn't have partnering at the end of class, can mm-hmm. I offer that in some ways? Like how could a teacher kind of pepper that in and support um, these male dancers as well? 
Definitely. What I try to do is, especially if it's a group, um, there are, if there are a few boys and then there are girls that put on their point shoes. So I'll try to give, you know, a couple of steps then. And then again, at the end of the class, do a Tombe, Potterbury, Fifth, Double Tour and thesis, and then keep a couple of girls and just let them promenade them around because that, that's hard at first. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think just kind of adding that into the normal class if there's time for it is really, really helpful. Sometimes and then a lot of times the girls but clap important. for the boys. It mm-hmm. is. And, you know, they clap for them when they're doing their thesis or... Right. Um, they want to support them. But yeah, if them. there's... Definitely. If there's time that allows it, I think that I'm adding a little time to make them also feel special. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe... Before we wrap up, maybe we could just list some men's programs that you really admire in the nation, places that you think uh, that maybe have specific catering specifically to young boys' needs as um, dancers. Um, well, I would, I would definitely say CPYB um, mm-hmm. and the Washington School of Ballet. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Come on over. Also, you know, also Houston and Herod. Um, I think that there are a lot of places where that do focus and there's a camaraderie of boys. Um, definitely. I think that there are quite a few. I think just doing that research and just a little computer time and Googling because mm-hmm. sometimes it's even, you know, nearby. Right. Um, there's this school in South Bend, Indiana. I mean, he, the Colleen, the, he is fantastic. And he, I mean, I went and taught there and like, I mean, what he does with these boys, uh, it's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wait, what's the name of the school? It is South Hole Dance Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's fantastic. And you know, also like my one of my our closest friends, Ted Seymour at Ballet Chicago, is doing so much wonderful stuff with guys as well. So, as a parent, when you're looking for a school for your son, what would be if you called them? What would be the things you would want? You would say to ask, like, what classes are offered? How many boys are there? Things like that, right? I would definitely ask how many boys are there. Is there time made for male-specific classes? Is there some sort of um, conditioning class? Um, And maybe to get on like a contact list of parents of other male students that are already there and just hear kind of what their feedback is um, and how it's worked for them, I think is really important. And again, having that relationship with other parents going through the same thing and boys going through the same thing. Totally. Yeah. Well, Damien, thank you so much for this oh, beautiful course. episode. If I were a parent, I would feel safer in the hands of Damien Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> that means a lot yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for your time. And we'll definitely have you back on anytime you want to chat. We always anytime. <laughs> and hopefully we'll be seeing you in DC soon. Yeah. You sure will. Conversations on Dance is part of the ACAST Creator Network. For more information, visit conversationsondancepodpod.com.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.